Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to week three of our series we're calling Thanks Living. We have set aside the entire month of November, and we're learning what it means to live a life of gratitude. I think we could all use a little gratitude in our lives. And as we reflect here in just a few days, uh, as we celebrate, as we come together with friends and family for the day known as Thanksgiving, I do pray that you will have an opportunity to truly reflect and praise God and thank God for who He is and all the amazing blessings that He has given to your life and to your family. And today, as we are continuing this series, we learned that the Bible actually teaches us four specific ways that we can express our gratitude to God. And the first week, we talked about singing as a way of expressing gratitude to God. Last week, we talked about giving as a way of expressing gratitude to God. And today, I'm going to share with you the next one that is so vitally important, it's called sharing. And what I mean by sharing, I'm talking about expressing our gratitude to God, about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. I love what Isaiah, the prophet, said in Isaiah 12, verse 4. And I'm reading this from the Living Bible, the paraphrased version. And I love what the prophet Isaiah was sharing about the coming day of the Lord's return. But here's the good news. And he said these words, In that wonderful day, you will say, Thank the Lord, praise His name, and tell the world about His wonderful love, His mighty acts, how mighty He truly is. And when you think about that, I don't think there's a greater way for us to truly express our gratitude for who God is and how amazing and mighty He is than to actually share the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us, telling them about how wonderful God truly is and the amazing things that He has done in our lives. In fact, I just want to begin by asking you a question. Have you ever stopped to think about as you being a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, you ever thought about why in the world God actually leaves you on earth after you put your faith in Jesus Christ? In other words, why doesn't He go ahead and just take you into heaven if that's where you're going to spend eternity anyway? It doesn't make sense, does it? Why in the world would God actually leave us here to encounter the pain, the disappointments, you know, the, the hardships, the challenges of life? Well, let me tell you the reason why, even though... We put our faith in Jesus and we receive forgiveness of our sins and we experience salvation in our lives. Here is the reason why God has chosen to leave you and me here on planet earth rather than taking us immediately into heaven. And the reason for that is so that we can be his witnesses, so that we can fulfill a greater plan and a greater purpose. In other words, we can actually fulfill our life mission and the assignment of telling others about the good news of Jesus. 
telling people, being a witness when it comes to telling others what Christ has done for us. In other words, when we get saved, when we put our faith in Jesus, God gives us an actual job description. He gives us a very clear and very specific assignment if we choose to accept it. It's kind of like the Mission Impossible assignment, right? Well, here's the thing. The Bible says it this way in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, Jesus said, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If you're a Christian, if you've ever wondered what your purpose in life is, what your life message and what your life's mission is, there it is. It's right there. It is telling people everywhere about the good news of Jesus Christ. In fact, the Apostle Paul took it so serious. Here's what he said in Acts 20, verse 24. He said, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So what is a witness? Well, let me define what a witness is, okay? If you've ever seen a courtroom, if you've ever seen the judge, if you've ever seen the jury, you've seen the witness be uh, placed there on the witness stand, what is the witness's responsibility? The witness's responsibility is not to convict, it's not to judge. The witness's responsibility is not to try to coerce or try to manipulate or convince the jury one way or the other. No, a witness is simply that. A witness is simply sharing what they know, what they saw, and what they experienced. And that's exactly what a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ is. A witness is someone who shares what God has done in their life. And so today, when it comes to sharing this good news, our life, our life mission, I want to share with you specifically two reasons why sharing our life message is so important and why it really should be an overflow for the gratitude that we have because of all that God has done for us. And the first is this, we should share our life message. And the reason why it's so important is because we have been given a life-saving message to share. One of my favorite stories is about this medical doctor who was driving home from work. And as he was driving home one afternoon, he saw this old stray dog on the side of the road. Well, because he was a medical doctor, he instantly could tell that the dog was astray. It was, it was lost and it was also limping and it was also malnourished. And so the doctor had compassion, pulled the car off on the side of the road. He actually reached down and picked up the dog. He put him in his car and then he went home. And as he went through the front door of his home, holding the stinky, you know, stray, you know, mangy dog in his arms, his wife, completely surprised and caught off guard, looked at her husband holding this dog in his arms. And she said, what in the world have you done? Where did you get that dog? And the doctor told his wife, he said, well, honey, I saw this dog limping on the side of the road. 
I could tell he was in pain. I knew he was lost. And so I picked him up and I just thought we would provide a home for him. And his wife kind of rolled her eyes like, what in the world have we got ourselves into now? Well, that doctor, being a doctor, you know, he showed mercy and care and concern. And he literally gave the dog a bath and got him all cleaned up. He bandaged his wounds and Man alive, he and that dog became the best of friends. Day after day, when that doctor came home at the end of the day from work, that dog would always be there on the front doorstep waiting for him, wagging his tail. Well, one day, as usual, when the, doc, when the doctor pulled into the driveway at the end of the day, expecting to see his dog, he noticed that the dog had disappeared. He wasn't there. So the doctor quickly got out of his car, he walked through the house, he looked for his wife, he said, honey, have you seen my dog? And she said, no, as a matter of fact, I don't recall seeing him all day long. And the doctor thought to himself, as he was somewhat confused, he said, man, I can't believe that. He said, man, what gratitude. Here I was trying to provide a home for this dog. I reached out to him and bandaged his wounds. I, I took care of him. I, I tried to love him back to health. And is this what I get in return? And then after a few moments later, the doctor heard something scratching on the front door. And so the doctor quickly rushed to the front door. He opened the door and there was his dog. And guess what that dog had done? That dog went around the neighborhood and rounded up all the other mangy stray dogs and had brought those dogs to that house to introduce those lost, stinky, stray, mangy dogs to the medical doctor that had saved his life. And you know, when you think about it, that's what we should be in the business of doing. We should have such gratitude for all that God has done in our lives that we should be very intentional about reaching out to as many people who perhaps are living and experiencing what we have lived and what we've experienced, knowing that we have the answer, knowing that we have the life-saving message. God wants us to round those people up and to share with them through being a witness and sharing our testimony about the goodness of our great God and the life-saving and life-changing message of Jesus Christ. You know, let's just be real for a moment. If you had the cure for cancer, you wouldn't keep it to yourself, would you? If, in fact, if you had the cure for Alzheimer's, you wouldn't keep it to yourself, would you? No, of course not. As a matter of fact, that would be an amazing thing if we could discover a cure and just like any other major disease, it would be an amazing thing for us to discover the cure. You know why? Because we would want to shout it from the rooftops. We would want to have a press conference. We would want to share it all with the whole world that we have a cure for a disease that has greatly and negatively impacted people's lives. Well, guess what? We have a cure. We have a solution to the world's problems, to the hurt and the confusion and the pain and the sin and the brokenness of people's lives. And his name is Jesus. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that God has set eternity into the hearts of people. That simply means when God made us, he made us to live forever. Now, here's the issue. The issue is we're going to live forever. The question is, is where? Are we going to live forever in a place called heaven or are we going to live in a place called hell, eternal separation from God. And you realize that every time you share the gospel, the good news of Jesus, or every time you choose not to share the good news, the gospel with people, eternity is always 
hanging in the balance. Like I said, people are either going to go to heaven or they're going to go to hell. And here's the key. What we have to understand is that we can help people avoid dying and going to that place called hell if and only if we get the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. At the end of the day, the more people we can share the hope of Jesus with and the more people we can point to Jesus, the more people that will be able to escape hell and to be able to have eternal life in an eternal home in a place called heaven. You know, the good news is only good news if people hear it in time. I love what Romans 1.17 says. This good news tells us that God makes us ready for heaven and makes us right in God's sight when we put our faith and trust in Christ to save us. Let me tell you something. The two greatest joys you will ever experience in your life, number one, is the moment you put your faith in Jesus and accept Him as your Savior. And the second greatest joy you'll ever experience in your life is when you have the opportunity to lead someone else to faith in Jesus when they put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. There is no greater joy than knowing that God is using us to fulfill our life's mission, our assignment, our purpose in life, and that is to share the good news, the life-saving message of Jesus to those around us. The second thing is this. The reason why it's so important that we share this life mission and this life message with people is because people are desperate to hear it. So not only do we have a life-saving message to share, but listen, people are desperate to hear about it. Now, I know that's contrary to what some of us even believe, but the fact is people are hungry for the good news. We live in a world that's filled with bad news, wouldn't you agree? I mean, everywhere you turn, there's something negative, there's something bad, there's a crisis, you know, there's this fear factor that just seems to kind of resonate, just seems to permeate and resonate in so many people's hearts and minds about all the what ifs and the unknowns and the uncertainties of life and all of the tragedies and hardships and trials and disappointments that so many people have to encounter. Well, guess what? People are longing for solutions. They're looking for answers. They're desperate. They want to know how to solve their problems. They want to know how to repair a marriage that's broken. They want to know how to help reach out to a wayward son or daughter who's made some bad choices, who, who's living in a way that is apart from God's will and purpose. Listen, people are Listen, they're, they're medicating their hurt and their pain in life through, you know, prescription drugs. And they're looking to other things that life has, hoping to fill a void and a sense of emptiness in their lives. And we got to understand that God has given us a life-saving message to those who are desperate to hear about it. In fact, Jesus said it this way in Matthew 9, verses 36 through 38. It says that when he saw the crowds, he felt sorry for them because they were hurting and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus said to his followers, he said, there are many people to harvest, but only a few workers to help harvest them. In other words, there are people who are hurting and people who are helpless. 
Let me ask you a question. Do you know anybody in your sphere of influence, a classmate, a coworker, maybe a, an extended family member, do you know anybody who is helpless and who feels a sense of hopelessness, who is hurting in their life? Do you know what it means to be hurting and feel helpless? It means that I'm stressed out and I don't know what to do. Let me tell you one of the things that I've learned is that the needs of people haven't changed in over 2,000 years. Because just as Jesus emphasized that people were helpless and hurting over 2,000 year, years ago, people are still helpless and hurting today. Listen, the needs and the concerns and the worries and the stresses of life today in 2021 are no different than the stresses and the concerns of people who are living over 2,000 years ago. And Jesus simply said, as he was moved with compassion, hey, the need is greater than ever before. The problem is, is that there's very few of us who are willing to do anything about it, who are willing to share the good news of Jesus with those around us. You know, it's interesting to me is that people are looking to fix, they're looking for solutions and they're looking for, you know, ways to fix their problems or to escape. And, you know, a lot of people, it's crazy, they'll turn to self-help books you know, they'll turn to meditation, yoga, Pilates, you know, they, they, they get into the positive thinking and, you know, the motivation and they listen to all the podcasts and, you know, and, and, and they're looking for solutions, they're looking for answers. And you know what? Some of those things can actually be good things, but I'm here to tell you, listen very carefully. There's not a single one of those things that I just mentioned including all the other things that the world has to offer that can save the human soul, that can forgive people's sin. Because the only person who can forgive sin and save the human soul, listen, is found in a person and his name is Jesus Christ. I love what the scripture teaches us in Acts 4 verse 12. Only Jesus has the power to save. His name is the only one in all the world that can save anyone. Man, I love that verse because it's so true. And the only person who has the power to save is Jesus. And here's the thing that we got to understand. I truly believe this, that the world is far more ready to hear and to receive the hope of Jesus than we are ready as Christians to share about the hope of Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why there is a supply chain, if you will, you know, a, a challenge of being bottlenecked when it comes to the gospel. The harvest is greater than ever before. The problem is, is there's a worker shortage when it comes to sharing the hope with a world that's desperate to hear all about it. And I think too, too many Christians have kind of fallen into the trap and have bought into the lies that have been maybe intimidated to do anything when it comes to sharing their faith about you know, their own relationship with the Lord with coworkers or classmates or maybe even other extended family members for the fear of what someone's going to say or think, for the fear of maybe offending or turning somebody off or you know, someone rejecting us. But that's what the devil wants you to think. But I'm here to tell you that people are more open more receptive and honestly more appreciative than you could possibly imagine when you simply share with them 
about the good news of Jesus Christ. In fact, if you don't believe me, let me ask you to do something. In fact, I challenge you to do this. The next time you go to a restaurant, here's what I'm gonna encourage you to do. If you have a waiter, a waitress that's serving you, I wanna encourage you from the very beginning, when you go into the restaurant, be intentional to do this, okay? Be very kind, be very considerate, be very thoughtful, be very complimentary of your waiter and your waitress, okay? In other words, you wanna treat them with respect and dignity. You wanna treat them with kindness. And then as they're serving you, and as they're helping you and bringing your food and your drink, compliment them. Once again, just affirm them of what a great job they're doing. Give a compliment to them. And here's what you will do. You will earn a sense of favor with them. And at the end, when they bring the bill to you, here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to pause and simply thank them for their amazing service and then look them in the eye and ask them this question. And if it's a male or female, it doesn't matter. Just say, can I pray for you? Is there anything that me and my spouse or me and my friend or me and our family could pray with you about? And here's what will happen. Number one, they will be shocked and surprised that you even asked them that. But I have found that my own experiences, literally 100% of the time, when I ask somebody the question, is there anything that we can pray for you about. It's amazing how open they are and how appreciative they are and then suddenly they will share with you about a burden or concern or a hardship or a fear or something difficult that they're going through in their life. And oftentimes I've even had those conversations where tears begin to well up in their eyes and flow down their face because they're just so blown away that someone cared enough to even ask and even offer to pray. You know, it's not as complicated as we think it is. People are desperate to hear the good news of Jesus. It's like the old saying says, people really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So how can we be an effective witness? How can we actually go about fulfilling the assignment that God has given to us? Because listen, we have a, we have a life-saving message and people want it. They're desperate for it. So how can we be effective in sharing it with people? Let me give you quickly three ways on how we can be an effective witness. Number one is this, live a life of gratitude. That's the reason why we're doing this whole series. The reason why we, we're spending this entire month of November to live a life of gratitude. And here's the reason why. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18, it says, always be joyful. In other words, that's not an option. Always be joyful. And then he says, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Why? For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You know what I've learned? I've learned that happy people are grateful people. Now think about that for a moment. Have you ever been around somebody who is a grateful person, a person who lives a life of gratitude, who's not happy? No, I have always seen those who are happy and joyful. They also happen to be people who are just appreciative and they're grateful for where they are in life and what they have in life. 
Even in the midst of struggles and trials and hardships, they still find a way to see the good in the midst of all of the bad. Why is that so important? Let me tell you why. Because people are watching and people are listening. People who are not Christians, they want to see how we're going to respond during difficult times. People want to know, listen, when we're under stress and pressure, how are we going to react? Are we going to cave in like everybody else? Or are they going to see us walk by faith and trust God even in the midst of difficult times? I'm telling you, listen, it is hard to be an effective witness to those around us who are non-believers, when we're negative and we're critical and we're judgmental and, you know, we're cynical and, you know, everything is, is, you know, kind of, we got the Eeyore syndrome. It's all gloom and doom and negative. Let me tell you something, that is a turn off the people. But here's what the Bible teaches us in, in Titus 2.10. It says, make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive in every way. So if we're going to make the gospel of Jesus attractive, then listen, we need to live a life of gratitude. We need to be joyful. We need to be prayerful. We need to be giving God thanks even in the difficult times of life. And here's the reason why. Because in Matthew 5, 13, Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth. You are the light to the world. So if we're going to live a life that is attractive, if we're going to live a life that, that maybe creates a sense of thirst and hunger and desire on the part of other people who want what we've got, when they see us walk through the fire and the trials and the hardships of life and they see our faith actually grow stronger rather than grow weaker, people will be attracted to that. They will be drawn to the light. They will be attracted to the saltiness of your life because it will be something that they will want and be longing to experience in their lives. So we live a life of gratitude. Secondly, we need to find common ground with people. That was the Apostle Paul's secret to his effectiveness. In 1 Corinthians 9 verses 22 through 23, it says, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. He said, I do everything to spread the good news and share its blessings. In other words, the greatest single thing you could do is to find a common connection with people. And that could be a hobby. Listen, it could be maybe through your kids. It could be through exercise classes. Listen, it could be through a book club. It could be through cooking. As a matter of fact, um, that's the reason why we do life groups here at Rethink Life. One of the best benefits of being a part of a life group, especially the way we do life groups, is we allow people to do any kind of life group, whether it's an activity-based group or whether it's like a book club or a topical study or whatever it is, it's a way to find common ground, a connection point where couples can get with couples or men can get with men or women with women. Students can get together. Why? Because they're coming together with some kind of commonality. They're finding common ground with one another. I was uh, invited, in fact, our staff was invited to lunch uh, this past week, uh, a friend had opened up their home and provided a, a meal for our staff. And um, it was just a way for them to bless us. And we were so grateful. Well, next door 
to the home that was hosting us that day was another family that went to our church. And when the lady, uh, her and her daughter were outside and they saw my wife, Michelle, and I walking up. And so she came and she said, oh, hey, pastor, pastor. She said, I have something exciting to tell you. And here's what she said. She said, I saved somebody. I saved somebody. And I was thinking to myself, what do you mean you saved somebody? I didn't know what she meant. Like she actually saved somebody's life, you know, that was in danger. And she said, no, 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 no. She said, a friend of mine helped prepare a dessert that you guys are going to enjoy here in a few moments. And she came over to my house to help prepare and to cook the dessert. And she said, while we were there in the kitchen talking, she said, I was able to lead my friend to Jesus Christ. She said, I saved my friend. And I was just blown away. It was so, you could just see the joy in her face. And it's like I shared a few moments ago, there's no greater joy than knowing that we are fulfilling and accomplishing our life mission, the assignment that God has given to me. You know, it's one of the reasons why I write books. That's the reason why I have a real heart for writing books and sharing the message that I'm personally passionate about. It's because I feel like that when I'm writing on the topics that God places on my heart, somebody is going to find common ground with that. Uh, I'll never forget when my wife, Michelle, and I, we had the opportunity, we wrote our book called Family Shift, something we're very passionate about to help families. One of the things that we had the opportunity, the privilege to do is to be on a TV program on the Hallmark Channel. We were on the Home and Family Show, and a guy by the name of Cameron Matheson, he's a, um, a very you know, well-known actor. He was you know, on the soap opera known as All My Children in General Hospital. He's one of the hosts of Entertainment Tonight. And uh, when we finished the interview, he pulled Michelle and I off to the side and and he had been reading our book and he said, I just wanted to say thank you. He said, because we have experienced some of the things you've been writing about in our own family with one of our children. And I thought to myself, you know, I would have never had the opportunity to be able to touch a life like that had it not been for finding a common ground of being able to share a message that resonates with a lot of people who are going through things that we are passionate about helping people go through to overcome when it comes to marriage difficulties, when it comes to the parenting challenges that they're facing and the family relationships that so many struggle with. That's a part of our, our vision 2020, 2022, what we're calling our Imagine Year End Campaign. And I just want to encourage you to invest and to sow into that. We have a huge vision and we want to find common ground with the people right here in our community, in our city, where we can go out into the community and actually host workshops and seminars where those individuals can receive help and encouragement through marriage enrichment, through parenting resources, and then invite them to be a part of a 30-day online boot camp where we're discipling and mentoring and encouraging those individuals. Why are we doing that? Because it's our way of finding common ground and it's our way of being able to meet needs and to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us. We're, uh, listen, we're excited for what God is doing and we believe with all of our hearts that, listen, God is going to take everything that we're doing to impact families and to advance God's purposes and to build his church because we believe so goes the family, so goes the rest 
of the world. And if you want to be a part of that, I encourage you to go to RethinkLife.com and go to the bottom of the page and click on Imagine 2022. Man, we have some exciting things we're rolling out in the coming year in addition to buying land and having a permanent place we can call home. The last thing that I want to share with you is this, and that is one of the most important ways that we can be effective when it comes to being a witness is by sharing our testimony with others. In fact, in Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6, it says these words, Live wisely among those who are not believers, and make the most of every opportunity. And let your conversation be gracious and attractive, so that you will have the right response for everyone. You know, I know, as I wrap this up, I know that some of you are probably saying to yourself, Rodney, I agree, and I would love to be able to be an effective witness to friends and coworkers and people that I know, but honestly, I don't even know where to begin. Well, guess what? You're going to be around people here in the coming days around Thanksgiving. In fact, we're starting a new series next month in December. We're calling it Christmas Crazies. <laughs> we're going to be helping you learn how to deal with the difficult people in your life. And there's going to be all kinds of conversations that I believe are big opportunities for you to take advantage of. But you may be thinking, well, how do I even start the conversation? You know, one of the best ways you can start a spiritual, uh, spiritual conversation, especially with somebody that you know well, like a close friend or a family member that you've never actually shared the good news with, simply start the conversation with an apology. You say, an apology? What do you mean? Let me explain to you what I mean. If you know someone very well and you have never taken the time to share your personal story your, about your faith in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ, to just say, hey, John, or, or Sue, or, you know, hey, David, I just, hey, can I, can I apologize about something that sits on my heart? And they're going to look at you confused, like, what, what do you mean, apologize for what? And here's what you say. Well, first of all, I just want to apologize that I've held back from sharing something with you as it relates to my faith and what has truly changed my life. And honestly, you'll see in that moment before your very eyes, you will see, it'll be all over their facial expression, their body language. You will see a sense of openness where the wall will come down and they'll say, well, you have nothing to apologize for. As a matter of fact, I'd love to know more about that. And you know what? Sharing your testimony can be as simple as this. And I encourage you, we'll have it on the screen here but it really just consists of these four things. And I'm going to close in prayer after I share with you these, these four quick things. But here's how you actually share your testimony with someone. So you maybe can just start with the apology. And then if they open it up and say, well, I'd like to know more about that, then here's what you do. The first is this. You just simply share what your life was like before Jesus Christ. So just share with them what your life was like. You know, maybe choices you've made, or things you did, or places you went, or you know the loneliness you felt, or the emptiness that you experienced in your life. It's pre-Jesus, what your life was like before Jesus Christ. Number two, how you discovered your need to accept Christ. So what was it that piqued your interest? What was it that, 
that got your attention? What was it that, 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 that caused you to discover your need, that you, were, that, you, that you were lost in need of a Savior? What was it that perhaps helped you discover that need? Number three, how did you actually accept Jesus into your life? How did that happen? You know, did it happen? Did someone lead you to Christ? Were you in a church service? You know, did your parents, you know, help you when you were younger? What, where were you? What were you doing? How did you accept Jesus into your life? And then lastly, what is your life like now since you have put your faith in Jesus, since you've become a follower of Jesus? It's the before and it's the after story of what change has been made in your life. That is what will bring hope. That's what will bring encouragement. That's what God will use. That is the power. That's your story, your testimony of what God has done for you. And just like we began at the very beginning of this message, which is Isaiah 12, verse 4, what did he say? In that wonderful day you will say, Thank you, Lord. Praise his name. Tell the world about his wonderful love, how mighty he is. That's our way of expressing gratitude to God when we are able to share the good news with those that desperately need it. Hey, would you join me in a word of prayer? As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, let me just say, if you're watching this today and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I'm that person who's lost. I'm that person who has never put my faith in Jesus Christ. Can I just invite you right now? God has a before and after story for you to share. And maybe what you need right now is just to put your faith in Jesus Christ. You can say something like this. Let's just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner and I turn from my sin. And right now I'm inviting you into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hey, if you prayed that prayer just then, can I just ask you to do something? Number one, I want to encourage you to text the words RTL, I decided, or you can just simply type in the chat there the words I decided. If you're texting with your phone, just text RTL, I decided to the number 97,000. And here's what we want to do. We want to send you a copy of this little booklet that I'm holding in my hand. We'll send you a digital copy. And listen, we want to come alongside and help you and celebrate you in your new life in Jesus. And if you're watching and you're already a Christian, listen, this has been, if anything, an affirmation of your own faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, hey, let's allow this season of Thanksgiving, this season of gratitude to be an opportunity for us to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, hey, we can't wait to see you next Sunday as we wrap up this series called Thanks Living. And my wife, Michelle, is going to bring a powerful message on the final way that we can express thanksgiving to God through God's word. I can't wait to see you then. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. 
Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.